Genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one neighborhood gossip minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Joe Dorowski. Welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. Thank Uh, you for having us on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Today we're talking Minute 79, which begins with uh, MJ saying, hey, and Peter asking her about uh, her audition, and ends with Peter saying, I'm not, when asked if he's interested. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is is our Um, little street combo. (laughs) uh, So so I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and uh, before we sort of get into the details here and really uh, dig into the meat here, I'm going to go ahead and just say... I think that this is a very well written scene that is that plays a little awkwardly because it's poorly edited. Yes. Um, it yeah. is not well edited at all. Uh it's it's yeah, for some reason I guess they just didn't feel the need to get a master shot. Um <laughs> I don't know what that is about, but yeah. uh that's not good. You don't just no. do over the shoulders. There's absolutely this is like a Kevin Smith scene. Right. Um, the entire minute plays out in just two shots. It's yeah. It's a little wow. just back and forth and like and chopping back and forth at awkward moments. And it's I, I think it I think it really kind of uh kills this scene a little bit. Um a scene that I think could have been really solid. Um, and, and I think that, you know, on the page, this is my favorite scene between these two characters, um, Mm -hmm. on the page, but I think, and even in their performances, I feel like I can see it. Uh, I, I can see what the scene would look like, like in a master shot. And I, I, and I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, this just like chopping back and forth too many cuts or not enough or just it cuts al- on the wrong places. I'm not sure. This is really weird. <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like, um, cause it's over the shoulder shot that someone is reading, is prompting lines instead of them reacting to the line. The other one just delivered. The, yeah. the flow isn't right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I think that might be maybe part of it. I'm not sure, but yeah. it's, it's not, or maybe like, are they, maybe they're not, e- play, they're not each other's stand-ins or something. Um, yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, I was I wondering know. that too. And again, the stand-ins like delivering lines, and there's the awkward pause as they like they're they're remembering their line, but somehow the editing didn't like trim tight enough. Well, yeah. So I was watching extra close on the backgrounds. It's it's a habit I got into uh, doing uh, Disney movies one minute at a time because the backgrounds oh. are all painted. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. and so in this case, I was watching and like the cars never line up behind people, but I'm guessing that's just 
how it goes when you're doing a cityscape. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when they I, cut back and forth, it's like, oh, a car drove behind her and then a bus drove behind him. That's not the same. Right. Vehicle. I mean, that's <laughs> um, not that's not how it's supposed to be because they're on a back lot. So they have control so they over control. all of that. Yeah. yeah. They should okay. have total Because it's, it's never consistent except when both sides are, are empty. But also, I was looking closely in like the first switch when it's over um, – Toby Maguire's shoulder, he mm-hmm. he leans his head one way when he's starting to talk about the hotline, and when it cuts to her side, his head's leaning the opposite direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's that, a little a little bit funky. Um, just bad with continuity editing. Just just it feels like one where they didn't have enough footage. Not I, I don't mean footage in general, but just like they didn't have enough options to cut to that you you're kind of just working with. This is all we've got. We're gonna wrestle it into a scene mm-hmm. and whereas just like one or two more setups on the day that really would have helped at this point I, so yeah it, it, to make the to date this episode of this podcast it sounds like the issues that we've heard come out of the han solo film uh as they've switched directors <laughs> right um, one reason that they've said they switched directors is because the editors didn't have enough takes but because um the the, the the uh it's chris lord and what's the other guy uh miller phil miller, miller. miller. Yeah. they, yeah. they would lord do the same yeah. camera setup and have them do different jokes. And Lucasfilm wanted different angles that the editors could work with for the scenes with the same lines being delivered. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, and so when you, when you don't have those other angles, it really limits what the editor can do to, to tighten up a scene. Exactly. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder if this wasn't shot on second unit, which would be weird because the two leads are in this scene, yeah. but it does not feel like a Sam Raimi scene at all. Like nothing about this feels like Sam Raimi. Um, it, it almost feels like he's like, yeah, just, you know, some over the shoulders and I'm going to go shoot some really complicated, you know, action thing that I wanted to look a very specific way or, or maybe he was sick that day or, I mean, there's a million things that could have happened, but it's, (laughs) it's, it's not, it really, the coverage was not there. Um, and it sticks out because so much of this film has motion in the camera. Um, Uh Mm -hmm. the camera is is a part of the action. And even in some of the, uh, the quieter scenes, the camera still is swooping around and moving within, within the set. And this is just, like you said, static over the shoulder, static over mm-hmm. the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So digging into the scene itself, uh, mm. I'll say I, I love, I, I really love this sort of back and forth between them of i i love the the hotline i love <laughs> the uh i was in the neighborhood which gets called back uh later yeah um and i you know the uh, you know i took two buses and a cab to get in the neighborhood like i like that's that's like kind of like goofy and adorable like in a peter parker way and then the the coup de gras the uh uh, let's go get a cheeseburger. The sky's the limit up to $7 and 84 cents is, <laughs> is like my favorite Peter Parker line in this first movie, I think. Yeah. Um, and her I, reaction to it. Cause it's such a genuine laugh in that mm-hmm. moment of, of such a, like a sweet little goofy poor person, uh, <laughs> bit of, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Chivalry. Yeah. It's, well, well, and it's also, <laughs> it's her just being like, Oh yeah, I understand this guy. Not like my yeah. rich boyfriend who never has to worry about money. Um, yeah, you know, because she's struggling, so she knows what the struggle is like, uh, and and so I, you know, it's kind of a moment of I kind of have more in common with this guy than I do with my own boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you spoke earlier of that, like you can almost see the ideal version 
in here, the ideal version of the of this scene. Mm-hmm. And I I think for me, because at the very least, their um their engagement with the the moments is is pretty genuine, and they yeah. have really good chemistry in general. That I can sort of whistle past this to get to the payoff tomorrow. Um, I still feel like like this is a, a genuinely well performed scene, even if it feels a little clunky in timing. I guess mm-hmm. is, is is the distinction I'm trying to make. Like, I think they did very good work here, uh, even if it's awkward overall. But the the idea of the scene is there, and I can kind of like brush past that stuff and try to look at it out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's I, definitely I enjoy weird. a lot about this scene, while at the same time thinking like. Okay, it's a little weird that he showed up outside her audition when they're not that close at this point. Or or are they like, like, how close are they? Like, I mean, they used to be neighbors and, and she's dating his roommate. Is yeah. that enough for him to show up alone at her audition when she's supposed to go meet her boyfriend? Uh, Perhaps. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe not. But, but it's also like, it's the thing about it is that, you know, Toby's Peter is so kind of like doe-eyed innocent and that, sincere. Yeah, yeah, and sincere that, it's not that it like doesn't leering. Yeah. Right, it yeah, doesn't yeah, come yeah, across a, as like creepy at all. Yeah, it's um, our his, favorite word. Yeah. yeah. His sincerity and earnestness really does like cover a multitude of sins of, of yeah. what would yeah. otherwise be creepy occurrences. Or just, like I I took two buses and a cab to get here because your mom talked to my aunt and said you'd be here at this time. Okay. It's a little stalkery, <laughs> right. Peter. It, it's depending on the delivery. Like, it, also, it's a little weird that the hotline like conveys all of that information to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not just, oh yeah, she's got an audition today. It's going to be fun. But it's at this particular office on this cross street. You know, yeah. you uh, oh, she's got, a, she's got an audition. Oh, really? Where? <laughs> do, you, do you think he actually took two buses and a cab or did he swing there? Because oh, we know he's got he, the suit. I, yeah, I think he definitely swung totally there, swung. for sure. Because yeah. yeah. the other thing I thought of was, like, if he's only got 784 Exactly. Pocket, like, <laughs> he can't take two buses and a cab to get back. That's, That's not no going to way. It. That's the entire fantasy of the web slinging is so that you don't have to take public transportation. Like, right. <laughs> it's it's, it's my, not the swinging, it's the avoiding the cab fare. Well, and, yes. and <laughs> one of my favorite things about Spider-Man, uh, like, growing up and, and reading Spider-Man and watching shows, was, was like, Spider-Man got to be, like, 30 and he never had a driver's license he's like i've swung everywhere i never learned how to drive <laughs> yeah i don't need absolutely. it absolutely yeah i do think one thing that works so well in the dialogue um is that it has that wonderfully kind of naive um innocent teenage love where like the subtext is practically text but you both are pretending it's not yeah <laughs> <laughs> because if you actually said it that would be awkward but we're gonna just dance right to the edge and we both know exactly what's being said but neither of us will say it so we can keep the status quo totally yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of those um sort of those mj miniseries books that we were reading on the on the weekend bugle um a little while ago and uh they, they're Is the, this the, the lead up style ones yeah or, the, the yeah. ones that lead up to spidey loves mary jane and there's there's entire sequences in that where people are just saying things like well you know and they're like, I don't know, do I know? They're like, Yeah, you know. Well, I don't I don't mean that. Like and, and that is so genuinely teenage. Like mm-hmm. that same type of energy is here. And I think I think it's just sold off of the charm of their performances, uh, by by the end of it. Like the the reason that the the line about the two buses in the cab doesn't feel creepy is you know, a large part of it is just the earnestness of his performance, but it's also how she takes that. Like the way she receives it makes us think, Oh, it's okay. Right. That she 
she just very genuinely laughs at his. Well, and I and I think yeah. I think that she's not used to guys liking her for her. Like she's used yeah. to being treated like a trophy. Sure. Uh, and and you know that's what her relationship with Flash was like. That's what her relationship with Harry is like now. Um, and, and, and so this is a guy saying like you might be down if your audition went bad and I want to be here to support you in yeah. case in case you're not feeling good. Right. And Whereas Harry Harry's uh thing is probably like, yeah, go to the audition and then we'll go out to eat to celebrate. And now she just feels bad because she didn't get the part and right. he, they're going out <laughs> to eat and he's like, "Oh, well, we'll go out to eat anyway because money solves all problems." Uh that'll make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that line. And <laughs> I want to buy you something. It'll, it'll make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Um oh. but I also think like I mean, even if it was going to be to celebrate. She doesn't seem excited to go have dinner with Harry. Like when she no. says like, Oh, but I'm having dinner with Harry. Like, Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, come, you should come with us. And he just looks like a deer cotton head. Like, like, Oh no, he doesn't even say, Oh no, that would be awkward. Or I don't want to be a third wheel. He just says, just Oh like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and he like swallows it. Like he doesn't even fully, like he can't fully voice the phrase. No, thanks. He's just like, no thanks like just kind of like in the back of his throat yeah no 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 that's no i don't that's all bad i don't i'm not interested in that at all um i do want to talk about uh the fact that at the audition the uh what what are you the casting directors i guess director Yeah. yeah yeah uh told her that she needed acting lessons and she's like can you believe that a soap opera said i needed acting lessons Yes, because you're 18 years old and you probably aren't a very good actress yet. You've never acted. You have no resume. Yeah. Yeah. Also, soap operas are no joke. There's literally no shame in taking acting lessons. Like every actor, there's actors who still do it and they've been like working regularly for 10 years and they'll still take an acting class just for the hell of it sometimes. And if you need any any tips on a soap opera, they're leaving you behind because their schedule will not allow them. I was just about to say, yeah, like my friend Adam did a soap opera not too long ago and that's like the high wire act of acting like yes the scripts are super cheesy but they shoot everything in a day there's no room for there's no margin for error they expect you to show up and just have the entire scene and the entire structure of Mm -hmm. the entire episode ready to go no questions for the director no adjustments nothing Mm -hmm. one take you got it we're moving on like Mm -hmm. it's harder to do than this what they're what they're literally doing in this scene like you know Big budget blockbuster, you know, taking some time acting is harder thing. Is an easier thing to pull off than soap opera acting because there's no there's no margin for error. Like, of course they would tell you. Of course you're not ready for that. Like, and and like, <laughs> let's let's not kid ourselves and throw shade at soap operas. Like, stars have come from soap operas. Nathan Fillion started on yeah. a soap opera. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sarah Michelle Geller started on a soap opera. James like Franco went back to soap opera in one of his <laughs> James Franco moments. Yeah. Justin. Like, uh, Justin Hartley from This Is Us, who I think was just wasn't he just nominated for like an Emmy or something? I and think he was, so, yeah, yeah, he was he was from a soap opera. He was from a soap opera. Went to Smallville. Went back to soap operas when Smallville <laughs> ended, and yeah. then just now came out of it like seven years later. Um, so you know, there's no shame in doing soap operas. It's it's good money because you get paid scale daily. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. Actually. So, so it's, it's, it's worth taking those acting classes so you can get on that soap opera. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
She takes it really hard, but I don't know how much to judge her in terms of like, come on, don't think you're above that or to think of it just as like, she really knows nothing about this industry at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think she's just immature and, and doesn't, and she thinks that she can just get by on her charisma alone. Like most actors do when they're that age. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're still in that, you know, because when you're a child actor, that's exactly what you're doing. Is yeah. basically just getting by on your memorization skills and your your natural charisma, um, yeah. and that's the sign of uh, you know the act the 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 child actors who turn into you know you know big big adult actors is that uh, they they learn the techniques at a certain point, yeah, um, and and they become the real craft. actors, yeah, the craft yeah. exactly. Maybe so. she's she's also a little delusional because of how supportive Pete's been. It's like I cried <laughs> when you were Cinderella, and and she thinks that's like the standard I mean, critic response. He, I mean, but but he is the only person who's been supportive. Like, <laughs> yeah. like no yeah, one on else the in her life. Is where her true. confidence that's is fair. coming from? I, yeah. I don't know how it got to the point where she doesn't think she might need acting classes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think I have pinpointed which backlot this is. Okay. Because if you look behind MJ, there's a uh, uh, an ad for a palm reader mm-hmm. um, that's lit up in a window, and I think that is the same one from Gremlins. Uh, if, yeah, if it is, that is literally the exact same uh, uh, backlot because Gremlins was mostly shot on the Warner Brothers backlot, and mm-hmm. their New York Street is just right across from where the house is. Yeah. Mostly and, Warner brothers. And then, and then the main street obviously was uh universal because universal, it's the same yeah. as uh, back to the future, but exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the courtyard is yeah. Right. Yeah. But so, I mean, those are the, the two that get used a lot and mm-hmm. we'll, I'll talk uh, later in the week about this, but um, my most recent time I was at Warner brothers, uh, they made a big deal of pointing out which alleyway was used for the, uh, the kissing that we'll get to <laughs> at the end of the week. So um, yeah, I, it would make as much sense of anything if that if that tour guide wasn't lying uh, that this was the same spot where they did the New York stuff for Gremlins because that's that's where it is that's that's the one <laughs> yeah yeah uh, good eye <laughs> yeah uh, so uh, so guys what what I mean you kind of mentioned a little bit uh, you sort of like referenced your uh, you know your 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 Spider Man fandom to a certain extent a little bit there. Um, but uh, let's get some more details. Do you remember uh, sort of the maybe your first experience with uh, Spider-Man as a character? Um, do you have that memory or was he just sort of like always a part of your life? Uh, I'll go first, even though chronologically Joseph should. Because um, <laughs> because my experience is based basically off of Joseph's leftovers. Uh, Joseph had a lot of leftover uh, like comic book character trading cards from the 90s. Oh, yes. And mm. I love those things. So I read a ton of those about, you know, the, the brief synopses of Spider-Man this villains. This is the pre-Wikipedia way that we learned oh, about yeah. characters' backstories. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I had like, a ton of that's, those. That's why I I have no problem going into Wikipedia and it's like, okay, let me learn about how these powers actually function. And, <laughs> yeah. and things like, like, like I love digging into that. And so I had these cards, which was... And like a big shoebox full, and I would just read them and like find ways to sort them and order them and do that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw a lot of Spider-Man imagery from that, and probably a lot of it was uh, McFarlane Spider-Man. I think yeah, been everything was at the cards. time. I, 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 uh, I, you know, you just reminded me of those cards. I, you know, we we had a episode where we were talking about sort of like our background with 
our background with Spider-Man as a character. I completely forgotten about those cards. I remember going uh, to Blockbuster uh, every weekend and I would buy two packs of the Spider-Man cards and one pack of the X-Men cards. Uh, I I always liked the X-Men a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, X-Men was, was my thing, but I think we had more Spider-Man stuff, uh, for whatever reason. Those cards were also like really dangerous. They didn't trim the corners on those. So no, they you were could sharp. get that jammed into a cuticle and <laughs> oh, no. the worse. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a form of torture is what that <laughs> is. But, um, but I, I, I remember those cards a lot. I remember the nineties, uh, Spider-Man show and just like hearing his voiceover as he's swinging, like the, like the canned footage of him swinging through the streets oh, yeah. um, that they used in every episode. Uh, so I remember a lot of that, and that's probably how I formed like my images of Peter Parker, Peter Parker, and Spider Man, and Mary Jane, um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and all of them. Uh, and I didn't get into the comics until after this movie would have come out because I was eleven when it came out. Right. Um, so I wouldn't have started reading them. I would have just had the cards and the TV shows, and I would have started getting into comics a couple years later. But I was super into superheroes. Like I was all in like X Men movies. I want to see it. I want to. I want to understand. And I was an absolute completionist. Like I wanted to know. Okay, who are all the X Men? And little did I know that was a, an impossible task. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to like understand. It's like okay, what's the dynamic of the team? What is this person's powers? What are the side benefits to that power that they can do? Um, and all sorts of things like that. So when Wikipedia became a thing, I was all about reading up on the powers there and, you know, diving into that. And like, I love, especially for a character like Spider-Man, who's got, you know, years and years and years of publication from so many different people and all the tiny corrections that people have made to retcon this or that, or make a little more sense out of the power that Mm -hmm. like fuels my suspension of disbelief. (laughs) And so, like, like when you look it up on Wikipedia, they talk about his spider sense. One of the benefits of a spider sense is that's how he does web swinging. Like he inherently knows where anchor points are, so he doesn't have to pay attention to aiming. I'm like that's ridiculous, but also I kind of love it. It's awesome, and it makes it so much yeah. better. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. That's great. What about you, Joseph? <laughs> um, I remember vividly the first comic book I bought, which was an X Men comic book, and it was in the grocery store, and it was my mom just bribing us to be quiet. I think. Uh, that she let us go look at the comic book spinner rack and grab something. And I don't think she knew what she was doing when she let us like, that was the first comic book. I think I'd ever actually seen was getting that, uh, that X-Men comic book. And, uh, for listeners, I have ended up, I've gotten my PhD writing about race and gender in X-Men comic books. Um, Wow. wow. I've edited at this point, eight, uh, essay collections on superheroes. I think it is maybe seven. Uh, and Mm. I've published a lot of academic work on, comic book superheroes my phd is in american studies looking at american culture and i do a heavy pop culture emphasis with that and superheroes is one of my main areas of research and it all goes back to that first comic book from that spinner rack in the grocery store (laughs) and i remember because uh me and a couple of my brothers ended up getting into superhero comic books but when you're young like the funds aren't all there so we like deliberately diversified who was getting what so i ended up getting a lot of x-men things and one of my brothers got a bunch of spider-man things another one got a bunch of avengers things um and so, but we'd always read, you know, what everyone else had. And sure. so that was how I got into superheroes. And then we realized these trading cards that Andrew was just referencing were a gold mine of all this backstory. Cause when you, in the nineties, like when you read a comic book, it might say, uh, you know, see issue number two thirty 
to find out about this villain. And it's like, I have no chance of ever finding issue number 230. And you didn't know, like, comic book shops, if they existed, you didn't know where to get one. Yeah, but then you get these trading cards, and it has, like, history of battles, uh, villains, you know, and and all the backstory. stats. You gotta get that stat block with, like, five different stats. Like, intelligence, strength, strength, uh, agility, psychic something. Yeah. Level ten, level six, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, so that is my history with uh, with comic books, and and like I said, it was more. One of my brothers was into Spider Man, and I just read everything that he had with Spider Man because we had a limited number of comic books in the house. Sure, right. Was, is he one of your top heroes? Then like, you're you have such deep knowledge of superherodom, and it's, it obviously means a lot to you. Is he one of the main ones for you, or is one that you got into later? Or? Uh, as a fan, he's not probably one of my my very top, but I think he has one of the most perfect origin stories of any superhero. Like I, when sure. I go back and reread that Stanley uh, Steve Ditko origin, I'm like, this is I think it's like 14 pages. I'm like, this is the perfect origin in only 14 pages. Like it tells mm-hmm. you everything you need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really lovely. Oh, man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> well, oh, I, I also do say, uh, we don't get as much in this film, but I love the jokiness of the comic book Spider-Man, where, like, mm-hmm. he's he he's constantly doing bad jokes, and he knows they're bad, but he just lets mm-hmm. every joke that's in his mind fly out. I love that aspect of the character, especially when you see it interacting with other Marvel superheroes. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so, so, you know, we, we, uh, we all share a network now. Uh, (laughs) why don't you, uh, why don't you tell people about, uh, we'll, we'll start with the protagonist podcast because I know that you guys have done a, uh, Peter Parker episode. Yes. Uh, I am a co-host on the protagonist podcast and Andrew, uh, produces (laughs) it for us. He does all the editing and, and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And on the protagonist podcast, my co-host Todd Mack and I discuss a great character and a great story every week. That is our mission statement. And we bounce around from Shakespeare to superheroes to, uh, we did a Spanish telenovela. Like we, if there's a great character, we want to try and find them and, and spend an hour talking about what makes that character and that story great. Well, yeah. It's uh it's it's a really it's a really cool show. Uh I definitely recommend it. I mean, I I don't know that do you know how many um listeners uh like how many of your listeners listen to every single episode or is it more of like a pick and choose thing we, we hear or both ways like cuz we assume like some people will only want to do the ones that they know about, but we heard some people very recently tell us that like, no, I love it when you do one I've never heard of and like sometimes they'll listen to at the beginning we do like a short discussion like say this is what the character is and what the story is and then sometimes they'll pause it and go find that book or tv show or comic oh, book wow. and engage and with then it come and back. then come back and listen to the discussion oh that's awesome um but i'm yeah. sure like when we get new listeners there's a lot of going back and cherry picking at this point we have 140 or so episodes yeah um mm-hmm. so i'm sure like if there's someone new i don't expect them to go explore the entire back catalog but to go cherry pick some of their favorite characters and see what our discussions are like for those wow yeah, Great you guys, uh, you you won my heart when I went back and was like, what was their episode one? And I was like, oh, Bartlett. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. That's the great character we wanted to start with. I think yeah. it was a unanimous choice. We were, were like talking about doing this podcast and we started brainstorming characters. Like, what should we do first? Well, West Wing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, And Bartlett. President Bartlett. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you guys should, uh, definitely check that out. There's, it's, it's a very eclectic, um, <laughs> so no matter what you guys are into, uh, you know, there's something there. I mean, you did, uh, recently you did Sing Street and that was really great. You guys oh, just God, did, uh, Chuck 
Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you've, you've, uh, kind of like jumped all over as far as, uh, you know, you've done like To Kill a Mockingbird and like all kinds of like, you know, novels and whatever. It's great. It's good. Yeah. So, our goal is that each month we do a TV show, a comic book, a film and a novel. Um, I, nice. sometimes because of, oh, wow. there's some like special episode we do. Like we did, uh, for, for 4th of July, we did National Treasure. Like you have to do that. And so that oh, like yeah, we ended up with two movies in a row, but usually we, we <laughs> rotate between those four, uh, mediums so that, and we also try to make sure that we're bouncing around genres. We don't want to get stuck in a rut or only stick with what, you know, highbrow literature stuff or anything like that. We want to <laughs> embrace everything. Yeah. No, it's Beautiful. awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. We'll uh, go check out the protagonist podcast and uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, minute 80. Bye, everybody.